Welcome to the Success IQ Podcast, the show for entrepreneurs who want to create and live an exceptional life. I'm your host, Jeff Nicholson, and this is episode 115. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you are in the world. I truly hope you are having an amazing week. So we have got another great guest lined up this week, Dr. Daphne Scott. Now, Daphne is the founder of DS Leadership Life, which specializes in creating mindful leaders and mindful organizations through leadership coaching programs that focus on mindfulness, positivity, creativity, and fun. Daphne has developed her coaching programs throughout two decades of real-world coaching and corporate development experiences. She draws on her unique background in improv theater and physical therapy to bring engaging embodiment and team building elements to her coaching, along with strong leadership abilities and highly trained facilitation skills to bring individuals and teams into greater relationship, creativity, and ultimately success. So Daphne, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Jeff. I'm really excited to be here. I'm really looking forward to having this conversation as well. But before we get started, can you share with us your backstory? What's brought you to this point to today? Yeah, a lot of suffering, actually, Jeff. <laughs> I, was a, I was a leader in organizations, uh, you know, typical working in the, my corporate work, if you will. And now originally I was trained as a physical therapist and became a leader and manager and got my first promotion, as many people do. I was just really good at my initial job. And they said, hey, you should lead a team of people. And I was like, great. I have no idea what I'm doing. And so I made every mistake um, that probably any leader and manager can make in uh, leading a group of people and thought, well, I can keep doing it that way or I can learn something new and started learning, started on my journey of, you know, what we, you and I would probably call leadership development, talent development now. And um, before I knew it, before too long, was teaching others. And here I am today uh, with you. That's kind of the whole essence of the story to, to sum it up in a quick, quick, quick few sound bites. I was going to say, I'm sure there's some more exciting bits in there, but let's <laughs> just do it in a sound bite. Okay. So with, with all of that, what sort of got you really interested in the leadership side? Because I know yeah. from, you know, reading your information, you also do mindful and you do all yes. sorts of other things, but what, what kind of like steered you down this road? Yeah. I mean, the biggest thing that I figured out you know, after a couple of years of leading and, you know, running businesses and, and doing the things that I was doing was that, wow, there are learnable, learnable skills that leaders can have on board, like they, like we do with everything else, right? Um, that they can learn, that they can become better at, that will make them much more effective in their leadership roles and in their manager roles. And once I started kind of getting my head around that, I was like, oh, and then, and then you know, I started coming up with, you know, building on other people's theories this idea of the transactional part of it. And then where the mindfulness started to fit in was really around the transformational parts of it. You know, how aware are we of, you know, how we're showing up, how we are relating to the things of life in general. And I, just over time, I started really landing on, wow, we, we really need both of these things. And they had been talked about in such separate ways for so long. And I think businesses suspect this. Um, they might not define it so well, but in that way, but that, it, that really was what started to get my attention. I'm like, wow, I can learn there are certain skills I can learn at the same time. I need to be able to pay attention to how I'm relating to life and how I'm relating right to things and um, how I'm showing up at the same time. So when you can get both of those sort of things dialed in, um, it seems to really, it really supports being effective, um, having less stress, less overwhelm, 
right? Yeah. And do you feel do you feel that um, that's definitely starting to be accepted and adopted in forward thinking organizations, that mindfulness approach? Because I know that, you know, if you look at from the old fashioned command and control, yeah, that was it was probably well, it was poo poo dismissed and you were weak and all of that stuff. But we seem to be getting a more um, younger forward thinking um, generation of leaders. And do you think that's starting to really get adopted now? I do. I think the, so my short answer is yes. And I think, you know, when we looked at, you know, sort of like, like one of the things that I appreciate about businesses in many ways, when they're open, when they can keep opening themselves, they want to do what works, you know, it's like, what's going to allow us to be effective. And so I think really businesses started picking up on this certain leaders and organizations, you know, with this next generation coming up, they said, look, you know, we're, we're definitely able to make the money. The issue is, is that we're all sort of a little unhappy here. <laughs> you know, we're not, we're not thriving, right? And it's like, well, what's the point? And so I think businesses are starting to open up to, yeah, in, in most ways, yes, we can make the money. And, you know, I say this to businesses a lot. You can have a completely toxic organization and make a lot of money. That is possible. We read about it. It drives us crazy. But you can do it in the short term. When we start talking about the long term, then we have to have a bigger yardstick and a bigger, a, a bigger, you know, way of measuring ourselves. And so I think the businesses that are starting to open to that are like, wow, there's a, there's a way that we can do this and have a great culture and not feel so overwhelmed and, you know, let go of things that aren't working so well. So yeah, I definitely think there's more open openness to this now than there ever has been for sure. At least in my, gen, in my, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. no, it's, it's like we can believe and be nice at the same time in yeah. some ways. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. I once worked at a place where you got told off if you laughed. Because it meant that you weren't working, rather yeah. than looking at it and saying, "Oh, the morale's really good here." Yes, you know that's yes. a good thing, and I think there's that in, intrinsic holistic approach that's just so. You know, it's certainly my approach is that it's a lot more refreshing when you can look at it and go, "You can work your butts off, and you can have fun at the same time." Exactly. It doesn't mean you have to have either or. That's right. Yeah, they're not antithetical to each other, and I think for whatever reason, you know, however that got started. Um, you know, I think what we've found is that it just long-term, it doesn't work. It's not, it doesn't create sustainable organizations and it doesn't create an organization that people want to stay at and work at for a very long time either. So, um, you know, if you're interested in keeping people around to keep your business <laughs> going, yeah. you should yeah, exactly. go with what works. Yeah. 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 It's not about tree hugging. It's just, it's about, no. you know, that generally about thinking of it from a holistic point of view Absolutely. because everything intrinsically has an effect on something else. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. That's what well, I think too, Jeff. I know. Exactly. We, you know, we're two minds. Um, doesn't matter how many thousands of miles we are, what metric system or measuring systems we use, we're alike. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things that we've talked about is, is, you know, we've talked about the mindfulness, we've talked about stress and those sort of things. And also you mentioned overwhelm before. Yeah. yeah. We're living in, you know, the, this, the, there's this word that buzzes around and I have a love-hate relationship with the word hustle. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I think is the 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 youth think it's work your ass off till burn your candle at both ends and you will succeed. And then there's another generation that kind of like go yeah 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 but you can hustle is about doing it what's right mm -hmm. but working intelligently not thinking that because it's almost like we need to get it done 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 done. Mm -hmm. And it and that huge pressure that we put on ourselves because you know, owning your own business or being in business, very rarely is it ever done. Once that's completed, there's another task or another project or something to carry on. 
That's right. And then, so we've also got, we've got that attitude of it constantly having to deliver. And then we've also got another side, which is we, many people are in constant state of overwhelm about yeah. how much needs to be done. Um, do you have thought strategies or anything around that to help manage that more effectively? Yeah, well, yes. <laughs> I'd like to say that I do. These are the so. simple answers, people. Yeah, this, I, <laughs> it's a yes or no question. <laughs> yes, I do. Thank you for asking. I'll, I'll give that to you in part three. Um, yeah, I mean, okay, so a few things, you know, I'm going to link up sort of the idea of how the mind works and, you know, the unchecked mind, how it works, which I think is really helpful for people to understand. And then, you know, and then get into this, like, oh, what, do you, what do you do about it? So, you know, the mind is, if anyone, you know, and if you've paid attention to like kind of how our mind works, it's really just kind of all over the place. You know, it goes from this thing and then the attention goes here and the attention goes here and then it goes there. And that really becomes representative of how many of our days feel. We, we can't hold the attention for too long, right? And so we, we, there's, a, there's a real call for being able to train our ability to keep our attention in one spot and not get distracted by the alerts, you know, and then the phone. And, and it's doing exactly what it's designed to do, which is to get our attention, right? So, so there's that part of it. And that's really where this, the mindfulness piece sort of fits into this is like, okay, well, one of the things we need to be re respectful of is that we, we really need to help our mind, train the mind a little bit to say, hey, look, I want to work on this one thing and I'm going to keep my attention here for a little bit. No different than when we're, you know, meditating or doing any sort of mindfulness practice, you're, you're anchoring your attention somewhere. Typically it's on the breath. So what you're really doing is training the attention. Then there's this other part that you talked about, Jeff, which is that ambitious part of us, that part of us that likes to get things done. And in my experience, you know, every leader that I work with, they want to be successful. I mean, as a matter of fact, most people that I work with want to be successful at something, right? And we all want to be needed. We all want to feel like we're making a contribution. Unfortunately, what starts to happen is we get sucked into that to a level that we lose sight of what's really important to us. We lose sight of, wow, it isn't just about getting a bunch of stuff done. It's really about me getting the most important things done that are going to support my life, support the, the lives of the people that I'm leading and support the organization, you know, and the planet, Jeff, um, as a whole, right? So again, we can sort of, we get stuck into that. So what to do? We have to bring ourselves back over and over again to, you know, what's the thing that requires my attention right now? And this is that line that I, you know, you picked up on, which is you need to actually learn how to get less done with less stress. <laughs> And it's funny to me that leaders are like, oh, I need to be more productive. I'm like, that isn't, and I don't know if this is true for you, Jeff, but you, you know, you work in organizations, you work with high functioning leaders. Did you ever experience them not being effective, like not being productive? No, it's like, that is not the issue. The issue is specificity, right? About what you're getting done and being able to keep your attention in a spot long enough to be able to get things completed. So, you know, my answer to overwhelm and really how do you not overwhelm yourself, there's a level of specificity that has to come into the decision making. And this is where people leading with, you know, the idea of leading with your strengths comes into it, right? Having your purpose and then really learning the art. And it is an art of being able, when you have people around you, and we should talk about, you know, the, the entrepreneur too, but when you have a group of people around you, allowing them to be successful and helping and supporting what needs to be done so that you can stay very specific. And what ends up happening is leaders do start to feel this essence of, wow, I'm, I'm actually kind of getting, I do feel like I'm getting less done, but what's actually happening is they're much more impactful because they're being very specific about where their genius, where their strengths lie and what they need to be doing. So that's, that's kind of the long answer.
Yeah. Well, it's that trap, isn't it? Because it's the amount of, um, it doesn't matter whether it's, it's, you know, entrepreneurs or whether it's um, people within a, a bigger organization is mm-hmm. people get stuck in the busyness of business. Yes. You know, and it's, it, it, there's so many, it's, you know, some people call it the chimp mind. It's a hyperactive child as far as I'm concerned, <laughs> but it's, it's that, it's that constant distraction. And, and I even read an article and I can't remember where it was, but it says that our brain or they believe if we carry on with the technology that we are doing, our brain will lose the ability to focus as well as because yeah. we're multitasking so many different things. And we, yes. and, 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 we love to think we're getting everything done really, really well, but it's not until we bring ourselves to that attention part and go, okay, if I'm going to put all of my concentration into this task and I'm not, you know, there's a reason why they're called notifications. If you don't want to be notified, (laughs) switch them off. You know, if you, if you switch them off and control your environment a little bit better, you will get more done, not necessarily in, because you're forcing yourself to concentrate longer, you're just controlling your environment better. That's right. That's exactly it. And so some of what, yeah, I love how you said that the busyness of business, because there's also this part of us that we have to pay attention to that really, you know, first of all, there's the sort of badge of honor, how busy can we all become? You know, and I'm going to tell you my sad story about how busy I am. And then you tell me yours and you know, who's the biggest victim. But there's also this other part of us really having difficulty just sitting you know, sitting with ourselves, sitting with one project, sitting with one task long enough. And so we get, we get sort of this really back end sort of effect of, you know, there's something we get out of this busyness. Um, And even though it's not very enjoyable, we, we we have to really pay attention to that, you know, to our, into ourselves. Like, what do I get out of that? You know, people who, you know, they're never home for dinner. They're never, you know, there's things that they can avoid in their life because of that, you know, and we really have to pay attention to it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's interesting because it's, um, I've got a couple of people I know who I'm good friends with. They, they've taken, I think they call them creativity days. And what they do is they deliberately will go for walks or they'll do something and they'll deliberately leave their technology aside. So they allow their brain to, there was a, I can't remember what it was, I actually think it was a comedy sketch and they were talking about, you know, when you're in waiting rooms, that was the best place to think yeah. because <laughs> you, you had nothing, you know, there was nothing. If you were in an airport or if you were traveling, there was nothing. You just had That's to sit right. and the only voice you heard was either the background music or the person telling you your flight was delayed, you know, yeah. that sort of thing. And, and you were able to kind of like consume your thoughts and, that's probably where the, you know, journaling and, and writing and stuff came was beneficial. But now generally yeah. it will be, well, let's catch up on my Netflix or let's see what emails need to be done, or I'm going to write a report now. So there's no, we don't allow ourselves that time. That's right. Just to process and reflect and those sort of things. Yeah. And that's the real, de- I mean, that is really what contributes to the experience. And, and this is one of the things I think is so important that you're pointing to is, that inability to set a boundary, for lack of a better description, to allow ourselves to rest for a minute and to collect ourselves um, is really what also contributes to the overwhelm. So a lot of times we think it's the external world, in a sense, that's, that's doing something to us. But if we're willing to look inside, we can go, oh, actually, I do have, an, I do have a decision. I do have a choice that I can make here that actually could bring a lot more peace and, and relaxation into my life that even if it's just for five minutes can have major impacts 
on myself and the people around me. So, and the effectiveness of our work, of course. So yeah, you're pointing to something that's very important, like shut, shut off the notifications, you know? Yeah. It, but do you know, that's, this is the, this is the thing that sometimes um, infuriates people I speak to. They, they have a go at me because I'm giving them easy things. That's to right. Do. Yeah. It, yeah. It yes. doesn't mean simple, but you know, like you said before, concentrating on the breath and there'll be people out there going, hang on, are you telling me that I'm just going to relax by breathing differently or yeah. just, and I go, yeah, that's the whole idea <laughs> of a breath. Isn't it funny? You know, it's, it's crazy. And you, 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 the fact that people, you know, the more and more people who do this, you know, some of the stuff that we, you know, we have to deal with and we have to support people with can be extremely complicated. Yes. But I'm a firm believer that go for simple first, That's right. i.e. just, you know, slowing your breath down or changing the way you breathe. Because obviously, you know, diaphragmatic breathing and that sort of thing, we, vanity stops us from breathing properly. Um, you know, all of that stuff, but it doesn't have to be complicated. And no. I remember getting um, rather a cheeky message from someone on social media. And I said, you know, I'll give you an example. You know, you, we know some people know that they need to lose weight. Ultimately, that means move more, eat less. Yep. There's nothing more simpler than that <laughs> in the world. Yet, it's a multi-billion pound industry because yeah. people are always looking for a quick fix or they're okay. looking for something really complicated to help them, i.e. Atkins diets, keto diets, whatever the heck it is. Um, yeah. I can't even spell half of them. But it's, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, it's about just bring it down to that simple strategy. Yeah. Yeah. It's, for the, it's crazy. Well, and you are pointing to something, you know, we, 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 based on the simplicity, we want to dismiss the efficacy of it, mm, you know? Absolutely. And, yeah. And that, that, that's really unfortunate in many ways. And what I tell people too, you know, and I love that when you're like, people are kind of <laughs> coming at, what, what was the word you used? Did you say cheeky or something? Um, yeah. I love that. Um, you know, I there also, was other words. If this, if this was, if I was talking to my mastermind group, trust me, yeah. there would be other words in cheeky. Being used. <laughs> I just love the word. I love it. And you know, it, it's like, try it. You know, what I tell people is, you know, you have to have an experience and there's a lot of there's a lot of information more now than ever, you're right, that we get exposed to. There's a lot of content. There's a lot of, you know, things and try it, give it a try. Don't dismiss it until you give it a try for a little bit of period of time and see what it's like to build your skillfulness around it and then see, you know, then, then you can judge it. Then you can dismiss it if it doesn't, you know, if it doesn't work, um, which I think is always helpful, but we got to give it a try. Yeah. Some, I say, I say you've got to drop your ego because, yeah, you know, right. for example, meditation, um, um, you know, when I first started to get better and I started to look at mindfulness and all of this sort of stuff, it was like, hang on, I'm, I'm a six foot four bloke. I'm not heavy. I'm not light. Definitely not. I'm very heavy. I'm not light, but it, you're telling me to meditate. And yeah. I remember speaking to my wife about it and saying, you know, I thought these people wore crocs and hemp and stuff, you know, and yeah. this yeah. smelled incense and all of that sort of stuff. But then when you started to, actually go okay park that let's right. try it and see um right. and i you know when i when i started doing it there wasn't headspace there wasn't calm there wasn't all of those amazing useful apps that you can use now i think i paid um i just used to use normal music and and do it and then i went into something called hollow sync okay yeah. and another yeah. one life throw because it was just it was just music it kind of like listen but just trying it and you know ever since then i'd do it every day yeah 
Isn't that something? Yeah, you know, and, it, and most of my friends, will, you know, the guys who probably I went to school with or hung around with will go, hang on, excuse me, you meditate? Yeah, I go, like, yeah, what? but now you look at it and go, oh, you know what, if it's good enough for um, uh, Branson or it's good enough for whoever <laughs> else, I, I don't think I'm doing a bad job, really. So Maybe it's, I should give it a try. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's that sort of thing. And now it's being accepted as a as part of the, the norm. Yes. Um, which is yes. brilliant because it, it just really is changing culture into business and all sorts of things. Yeah, it is. And I think you're, you know, I love what you said about, you know, dropping your ego. And really what that is, is letting go of the idea of being, you know, it's letting go of being right. You know, letting go of like, like oh, I have it all figured out and I'm right about this and this is how it works and being willing to, and, and which is, by the way, such an important part of being effective in an organization is being able to source curiosity. You know, I think three of the, I think three of the most like least revered words ever are the words I don't know, you know, and if we can get in, which business leaders know, like they know that it's sort of like, you have to be able to step, step into that space to say, I don't know. And I want to be curious about this. I mean, you know, they've, now they're doing more and more studies on that than ever. So to your point, Jeff, it's like, yeah, letting go of all of that and just saying like, let me see what works. Let me see what happens. And you really pointed out a very important part too, is like, we have all these stories about what we think it is, or, or, you know, this is what meditation is, you know, and, and because of its history, of course. Um, but yeah, letting go of that and just say, well, let me just give it a try and see what happens. You yeah. Know? I, I think I was more worried that I was going to get stuck forever in the Lotus position. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I'm cramping. <laughs> yeah. Holy crap. How am I going to get out of this? You know, I could see teams of A and E people trying to pull me out with WD forty and Vaseline. Oh my gosh! Yeah, <laughs> the thing that's so funny about that is like most people are just like, oh, you know, like I would just even be lucky to get into the lotus position. You know, if I could even get there, I'd be happy. You know, that's a, a position. I would say if I've achieved enlightenment, if I can get into the lotus position. <laughs> yeah, I'll never have to meditate. <laughs> I don't have to. Yeah, I just say I've, I've done it. There's no yogi in this planet that can beat me. Yeah, that's really good. Hey guys, so just before we jump over to the second part of the show, I wanted to let you know that the closed group Success IQ Alliance is now open to anyone who wants to be part of the community. I'm really excited to do this because I really want to meet more people to get a community growing of like-minded people looking at creating the exceptional life. So all you need to do is search on Facebook for Success IQ Alliance and I look forward to seeing you there. Take care. Okay, so what we're going to do now is we're going to go into the second part of the show. This is where I ask you a set of questions okay. that I ask every single guest on the show. Um, gives us a really a bit more of an insight into you and into some of the um, things that you have experienced in business. So are you ready? I'm ready. And I want you to know, I, have, I did not listen to any of these questions. I knew that you did this on your show. So I want you to know that every answer I'm giving you is going to be completely class on practice. Yeah, okay. just un, un, unplanned. We'll, we'll leave the pause. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah. We'll leave the hang time, unless it gets yeah. past five minutes, and then we'll have to Okay, then you'll know, have to take it out. Yeah, okay. exactly, yeah. We'll okay, <laughs> question number one. On average, how much time a week do you dedicate to self-development? Oh, on average, a week, um, at least 12 hours a week. And do you have a specific format is it reading is it you know journaling is it um audiobooks yeah, what what i do i am um, in the i wake up at 5 a.m every day uh typically we're really without clock, like clockwork um and i wake up i first thing i do is meditate i call it my rpm i rise 
uh, go to the bathroom and meditate. Okay. <laughs> so Excellent. Like it. You like that? I think I got that from Deepak Chopra. Actually. I, love I can't remember one. actually where I got it from, but I think it was from him. So uh, meditate uh, for 30 to 45 minutes. Right after that, there's coffee involved after that. And uh, I journal. And my journaling takes about, you know, between 15 and 20 minutes. So I journal, kind of get my thoughts. Then I um, immediately look at my, I have a goal planner that I use and it has sort of my weekly rhythms in it. And I look at that, review that for the day and then uh, immediately go to my task list. So I have a, you know, I do that electronically and I, I look at that and see what's coming up and then it's time to get ready. So I get ready for my day. I, you know, start my day and then exercise. Uh, for at minimum 45 minutes every day, uh, six days a week rather, and uh, exercise. And then I listen to, I use an app, um, it's called Think Up. And it's, it has, um, it's great. And it really is about creating and supporting a positive uh, mindset. And so I have affirmations in there and I listen to that every day. And that takes, a, that takes 10 minutes. Um, and you can, you can use their affirmations, but you record it in your own voice. And so I listen to that every day for 10 minutes. And that's, that is my basic rhythm. And then I also have dinner in the evenings. Now I travel for work. So when I'm home, um, I have dinner in the evenings with my partner, Bridget, and we make sure that that's a, a real specific uh, time that we have that supports our growth and we share our days. That's a basic rhythm. Yeah. yeah. Brilliant. Okay. So a couple of questions on that. Journaling. Yeah. Um, do you use a structured journal or a free writing journal? I have a structure. Um, so the first part is free writing. Um, I let just whatever wants to come out, come out. And then I make sure that I, I, I it's funny that you asked this actually, because I just started doing it this way the last like five months. I used to just do all free structured. Um, and then what I decided to do this last five months to see how it worked was I'm going to make sure that I journal about my top, I have four goals for this year, journal about my top four goals. How are they going? Um, what did I learn? You know, and that's, that's a daily practice. And then the last part I have, um, and this is a little bit of stacking habits. So I want to make sure that I have three gratitudes. Again, this is all mindset stuff to me, um, three gratitudes every day. And so I'm like, oh, I'll just put that in my journaling. And then the last part of my journaling is doing my three gratitudes. So I write down three things that I'm grateful for and um, do it that way. Yeah. Great question. Yeah. And, your, and your goal planner, is that a specific um, make or is that just your own? Do you use a specific one? Like, uh, I don't know, this. 300,000 of them. Yeah, I use Darren Hardy's. Ah, right. Um, okay. Best year ever. And I really, and I've used it for years. I've used that approach and I really like it. Now it can be fairly involved. Um, you know, if you kind of go through it, but what I like is once you get it all set up, um, what I really like about it is the weekly rhythm register where you put in the behaviors that you want to have and you're really tracking the behaviors. And I think I think, Jeff, this is the one thing that gets lost with people's goals. And, you know, it's like, who are you becoming? And what are the behaviors that are going to get you the results? And so that's what I really like about that approach. It's just like, here are the behaviors, and I'm going to keep track of these. And I switch them up. You know, some, some of them stay on the test of time, like meditation is in there every week. Um, but some of them I switch around and, and, you know, we'll make sure I have those seven, you know, those whatever, seven days, five days. You set however many days you want to have the behavior. And I really like that. And it really builds... Um, that really systematizes it, but also builds that reflection point, you know, and you learn just as much from the things that you say you are going to do that you don't do as you do the, <laughs> you know, the things you said you wouldn't do that you end up doing, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I know there's one question that I added to my um, journaling practice when yeah. after reading some of Tim Ferriss's new books and it was, um, what would I do if it was easy? Oh, so good. Um, and That's a great question. Yeah, you kind of like look at that and go, oh my God, how complicated am I making my life? Yes. And, you, and just by going, you know, this is what, you know, for example, this is the goals I want to do. Um, 
and okay, what would you do if it was easy? If it was easy. Yeah, it, that's it, so great. It's it's, and I think that's one one of the best gifts of being a coach is the power of certain questions. To yes. you know, you get the ironic one like I don't know, but what would you do if you did? Um, <laughs> you know, although that does catch so many people out to give you an answer. Um, yes. But it's that it's that ability to just you know ask those questions specifically that then. Um, spring that up and it's you know yeah. questions are an amazing thing they are and it really is the power of the questions that we ask you know it's it's you know and we do know this as coaches right it's like if you're asking the question why me i mean the power in that is nil versus the power of how can i choose what it is that i really want you know and that i mean the questions are are a big deal <laughs> they are a big deal yeah and i think that's one of the biggest things that i've learned from you know, get, starting my own business and getting my life back on track was to ask the questions, not what, why am I sick of feeling like this, but how would I like to feel instead? That's right. You know, and, right. and just yep. by, just by turning those little questions and getting you to think of the possibilities yes. can, can make a huge impact, but just so many people are asking the wrong questions. That's right. Yeah. That's why nice. they hire us. Powerful. Yeah, that's exactly it. <laughs> <laughs> like the best question ho time host ever. Okay, number no answers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, and that's sometimes the hardest part. Um, <laughs> question number two is: What book has made the biggest impact to your self development or personal growth, and why? The biggest book I would say. Oh man, there's okay. I, I'm gonna uh, first right off the top of my head, um, the Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. Um, highly recommend. Um, Gay and Katie Hendricks are two teachers of mine for sure that I've known for years and years. And um, the book is really about if you were to, if you just kind of what you were talking about, Jeff, if you were to take the big leap, the next iteration of your life, you know, it's kind of a how to as well as a reflection book. Um, so that book had a huge impact on me. And then um, probably the other book, really from a mindfulness perspective, is the book A Path with Heart by Jack Kornfeld, who Jack has been around forever teaching mindfulness. And he really was one of the pioneers who brought mindfulness to the West. And um, he really talks about, you know, the, the deeper path of mindfulness really at the root is the practice of letting go. And he wrote that book around, look, here, here's what it looks like to have this path of, you know, mindfulness practices and bringing this into your life and what it looks like to let go at the same time that you're creating. <laughs> just sort of an interesting, interesting way to be, you know. So those two books probably had two, two huge, um, impact, big, big impacts on me in my life. Brilliant. Okay. Um, question number three is: What app makes the biggest impact to your business or life? Oh, I have to go with the. I have to go with Asana. That is the app that I use to organize my projects and all my tasks and how I communicate with my assistant. And how I, you know, I, I, little things that pop up in my head. I'm like, oh, I got to make sure I do that. And it just, I get, I'm very, um, very, a big, very much a big fan of if something's sitting in your head, get it out, get it on paper or whatever your tool, your system is. Now I prefer an electronic system. Um, and so I think that app has a, it has a huge impact because it really keeps me clear. Yeah. You know, okay. Cool. Yeah. Excellent. Okay. Um, question number four is what, What's your biggest business? What's your biggest business mistake, which turned into a valuable lesson, and what did it teach you? <laughs> just pick one. Um, yeah, I was just gonna say that. I'm like, which one do you want me to pick? Here's here's one one big business mistake, um, and I'll I'll tell the general part of it, and then I'll tell the, the, the a brief summary of the story. But 
there's, there is in my energy, there can be a level of impatience so that it can be a blind spot to me. I start something and I'm like, this isn't going the way, you know, just stop. You know, I'm just going to do something different. And um, one of the, one of the mistakes that I made was when we were, we were uh, putting together all my social media campaigns, we're starting to work on that. And I made the mistake of saying, you know, we're going to unhook this system and go with another system over here. And we did. And what, and, and it wasn't, it didn't cost me like a ton of money per se, but what it did cost was a lot of time and which, you know, we can equate the two, but you know, it, for my team and, and it became sort of this sort of big kind of energetic drag. And what I realized was it was just my impatience of not get, not giving the system and the process that we had in place long enough to really have its effect. And so I really, I learned a lot um, during that time around just stay the course for a little bit longer than you think you need to, Daphne, <laughs> because your energy naturally gravitates towards wanting to make these decisions very quickly and wanting results very quickly um, versus going with a reasonable, reasonable progress over a reasonable period of time, right? So um, that's, yeah, that's a lesson for me that I have to watch out for. Or my, and I have in a mastermind group and uh, one of the guys in my mastermind group is very good at catching me when he's like, you know, <laughs> I think you might want to stay with that. Yeah. It's amazing what things we're blind to ourselves, even though yes. we know we do them. Yes. No yes. good at them. Yes. They just, yes. just pass the uh, security gates. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great, great way to say it. Okay. Question number five is what are the challenges in harmonizing work and life and how do you manage them? Yeah, the challenges. Um, you know, I say the big, the biggest challenge for me is I love, I, I, I love to create. I love to, as I think most leaders do. Um, and so again, it comes back to having a lot, having you know, kind of think of like life is like a buffet, and I go to the buffet and I put as much stuff on my plate as I can, <laughs> and then, and then like stuff is falling off my plate, you know. So, um, and it comes out of just a passion. So I think the biggest, the biggest thing for me is that ability to say no. And to feel, and here's what really comes up to me when I say no to an opportunity or notice it, is feeling my sadness. And I just didn't want to sit in that. You know, I just, I didn't like to say no because I want to feel sad. I didn't want to feel like the, 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 what that felt like to let go, you know, to, to, to not take an op, take the opportunity. So how I really balance that, again, I think this is where my mindfulness practice has really come in and being able to sit in my own discomfort at times and um, just really recognizing that whether I like it or not, I am one person. And I, I can only do so many, you know, if, if, assuming that time is finite, which it isn't, but there's a clock. Um, and I have many things in my life that are important to me. So I will need to say no, probably a lot more often than I can, than I like to imagine and um, want to be specific with my yeses. And that's a big challenge. So I, I really sit with, I, I, for myself, I've really learned not to say yes very quickly. I used to, you know, I, and some of it was out of wanting approval. So I called it my approval arm. You know, my arm would go up before... <laughs> realize what's happening so i just learned that over time that's just not going to be effective for my life you know yeah yeah and you also you mentioned something uh, interesting there and uh, it's something that possibly we should look at a little bit deeper is sitting in your discomfort yeah yeah we um, there's so many people run away from that can you go into that a little bit more yeah yeah sure um you know and again i want to bring this back to body sensation you know a lot of times we get caught up in the mind and the mind's a little crazy anyway so, you know, when I say no to someone, someone contacts me, hey, could you help with this? Or, oh, we have this, you know, here's this talk that's available. Would you want to do this? I mean, you know, business leaders, I think, are faced with this regularly. I know you, you are too. All these sort of opportunities. And, and I can feel that sort of moment of like, oh, that would, that would be so great to do that. 
oh, that'd be so fun. Oh man, I don't want to, I, and you know, and even though I know I'm not available, like even I have something on my calendar then I'm not even available to do it. And I can feel my resistance of just, you know, in my body, that discomfort of saying no to that. And so I've gotten very good at just being able to go, okay, what's the sensation? Feels a little unpleasant. Can I just be with unpleasantness for a minute? Cause it will leave. There's nothing I need to do about it. It will go, you know, just give me, give me 30 seconds. I'll be on to the next thing. Right. So you know, that's really the, the path of just being in acceptance of that and, and letting that just be as it is and letting myself say the word no, <laughs> you know, um, and letting myself say it and sitting with it. And it really comes back to being with the body sensations and just being able to be wherever that shows up for people, I think, you know. Yeah, because it's, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because you've got one of them that goes, I don't want to miss an opportunity. Yeah, And then you've got the yeah. other one that goes, I want to grab every opportunity there is. And sometimes yeah. that sitting in your discomfort, you then allow you to get the sensation of what your gut's telling you. That's right. And, That's right. You know, it's that thing because, you know, how, I'm, I'm guessing you're probably like me that when your gut has said run for the hills, mm-hmm. it's generally been right. Yes, sir. You know, and, <laughs> and you know, but sometimes, it's, you know, especially when businesses are starting off at the beginning. They yeah. just gra- try to grab everything. And I've made yeah. so many mistakes at the beginning. And at least yeah. now I go, you know, if it's a meeting or I've met someone that wants to, you know, collaborate on something, if my gut goes, hang on, I'm getting the spidey senses tingling here, then yeah. it's at least to go, okay, I'm just going to step away, wait for a couple of, you know, as you say, 30 seconds or something. And if my yeah. gut still kind of like goes, no, you definitely better start running. Then, yeah. you know, then I start listening. Well, and you know what you're what you're helping me, you know, articulate even more clearly here, Jeff, is when we're not in the grip of trying to, you know, so an so unpleasant sensation arises, or like that that thing you just did with this is how the brain starts trying to navigate this, right? Oh, I want to, but I don't want it. When we can sit in the discomfort and we let the discomfort go, then we're not trying we're not trying to make a decision to avoid the discomfort. We're making a decision for what we call presence. Right. There's no, I'm not trying to hold on to anything. I'm not trying to keep anything away. I'm really in this spacious place of going, okay, what, what, let me really listen in a different way. Oh, actually, no, I have a no to this. That's, you know, that's really what's starting to happen versus when we can't sit with our discomfort. Now I'm going to make a decision just to get the discomfort to go away. It's not from a place of really being present to what it is that I really want. Does this really support my goals? So on and so forth. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. That was, that was a really great follow-up because it really helped me articulate what happens when we can learn to just let the discomfort arise and let it go. Now our decisions come from such a different place, from our wisdom, which I think is what we want. What's what business leaders want. Yeah. Yeah. We want, we want to give ourselves the opportunity to listen to what you said, like you say, the wisdom. Yeah. You know, rather than just yeah. going for the, the sort of the... What is it Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, we'll do it. Oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you say damn at the end, it's like, oh, no, I shouldn't have had that conversation. <laughs> okay. Next question is what advice would you give an entrepreneur that you wish you had known starting out? Yeah. Um, get support more quickly than you think you, you want to or need to. Okay. And is that as in mastermind coach or support as in assistance or what? Yeah. Right. All of it, you know, in a sense, and I get, you know, again, if we put time and money being finite resources, we say that they are, you know, but, but what I find happens and I'm sure you experience this too with entrepreneurs is there's such a delay and there's so much struggle. And so, you know, I think what entrepreneurs can learn from other entrepreneurs is 
make that decision more quickly than you think you should. You know, get that assistant more quickly than you think you should. Don't, don't let the idea of money stop you from doing that because you just pay for that. You pay for that for so long on the back end. Yeah. Yeah. It's, be, it's, it's about being proactive rather than reactive. I always think Absolutely. when you called, when you called into not, not kind of like repair the hole, but you know, start welding yeah. the gouge that's split up the side. It's, yeah. you know, then there's, they're running in a panic state of mind that's and, right. you know, and they you know, they they sometimes want, you know, deadlines and results in an unnecessary time frame and everything else yep. simply because of their lack of foresight and being yeah. able to go, okay, you know, we need to get X in. And actually, interesting enough, I always find that mindfulness or stress management training in-house is one of those things they wait. Like I'll get the phone call when the CEO is being called because he's he's in burnout and he's having to take time off work. That's rather, such a good point, Jeff. You know, rather than, oh, oh we, we should have done some training about two years ago and perhaps <laughs> we wouldn't be in this situation. Or, you know, if a number of staff are off because they're ill, then, you know, well, we could have possibly solved this by... Because there's an element, if you introduce it, then that person has to take responsibility for not implementing. If, that's right. if you don't provide the facility or the knowledge to, you know, and some people may go, that's not my place. If they work for you, it affects your bottom line. It is your place to yeah. be able to go, okay, we can put this in and then it's up to them to do what they need to do with it. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's such a great point, you know, that reactive sort of mode, you know, instead of looking for instead of looking for the solutions ahead of time and then implementing them. And I think a lot of what comes out of that again is just doubt, you know, doubt that it can be implemented, doubt that it can work well, um, doubt that and really doubt in our own skill set, you know, doubt that I can learn it, you know, um, and apply it. So if we can, I think if businesses and, and entrepreneurs can see that and say, okay, really, yeah, but what works, you know, what, what's really going to be helpful here. And, and there may be some advantages to this and then implement it instead of being reactive. I think it's a very, very good point. Yeah. And I think, I think ego comes into that as well. I think, totally. it's, it's, you know, they sit there and they go, no, I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm a high powered executive or I'm a, you know, I'm an entrepreneur. We don't need this sort of stuff. Everyone yeah. needs that stuff. You know, the, yeah. even if you look at, you know, um, the president of the United States at one point hired a coach called Tony Robbins, you know, yeah. Tony Robbins has a coach, you know, yes. you have all of these things is if they want to be good, they go exterior to get the help because they their ego is going, I don't know at all. That's right. But that's right. You know, yeah. some of the egotistical people go, No, I know everything. And then <laughs> they land on their ass. <laughs> well, and that's why we keep the, you know, yeah, absolutely. And that's why, you know, they're they're talking more and more now. You know, again, back to, you know, what's more accepted now. You know, we're talking about empathy more now than we have, right? We're talking mindfulness, we're talking about curiosity. And I think that's all coming out of this sort of looking at, well, what works, you know, if you, if you, if you just get with like, okay, this stuff works like, yeah. And you're going to have to feel a little vulnerable. It's going to feel different for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It's going to feel like you've been slapped in the face by a large fish sometimes, but that's, that's life. <laughs> okay. Number, yeah. Number seven is what is your definition of success? Oh, that's such a great question. My definition of success is being free to do the things that I want to do when it makes the most sense to do them. Yeah. Yeah. How long has yeah. that taken you to find that out? 
uh, or at least work on it. Seven and a half years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. It's amazing that one, isn't it? And you're still and you're still working on it. And it'll be it'll be that mission on all the time. Yeah, <laughs> Question number eight. Now we've talked about your um, some of your routines. Um, which routine do you think makes the biggest impact to your day? Yeah, which part of my I think I for me my meditation for sure. And and you know what and I say that from a place of um really having experimented with for years now. I mean I've been a meditator for over 15 years. Um experimenting with what's it like for a week or two when I don't do it. What do I feel like? What you know and I I really am an experimenter in that way. You know, I I I like to put things in and take things out and see what happens and what happens if I eat this way? What happens if I I make this decision around how much I sleep? What you know to see what really works. And that, you know, like I said, it's been, you know, an experiment for, for many, many years. But what I do notice is when I don't do that, when that is not in my routine, it really has an, has an effect for me on my level of, you know, attention for sure. Uh, how I handle situations during the day, you know, as life shows up, which it does, you know, if only it would do exactly what I want it to do, everything would be fine. Um, <laughs> you know, so I, I can get a sense of that. So yeah, that for sure has a big impact on my day. Brilliant. Brilliant. Okay. So the final question is, um, and you are blessed to be the first person to, um, use the shortened revised list from 15 to 20. Um, So can you pick a number between one and 20? Um, and whatever that lands on, it is based on a life lesson of mine. So, um, and it will be our final conversational topical point. All right. 17. 17 going with 17 the uh, first number that came up 17 so my lucky number as well um i'd okay. i'd play to your day um okay. now the reason why for me i found this so important is is i used to be i used to think everything had to be so serious yeah um and yeah. especially when i'd come out my illness and and everything else it would dealing with all the stuff that was attached to that it yes. was then trying to put more fun in my day so whether it is, you know, listening to music or as you say, experiment, you know, um, allowing yourself to have that play with different things, whether it be habits or strategies or do whatever it was. It was about putting more fun into my day. And once I had more fun, my creativity went even more higher. All of these things start to have huge benefits. And I'm just wondering, have you experienced that? And what do you what do you think about that? And it's okay for you to disagree, because obviously, these are my lessons. So you might have something else to say. Yeah. I wish I could disagree, but I don't, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, and, and I want to say a few, a few things about that. One is even the research supports that adding play into your day, seeing your life as a sense of play has major impacts on our energy. What you were just talking about, right? We actually do get more done. I like to say, if you're, if you're laughing, you're learning, you know, type of thing. And um, so even that, so again, if we go, what works, absolutely adding Then not everybody plays a little bit differently, right? So I play through story. I play, you know, there are some people who are practical jokers. There are some people who are very athletic. Stuart Brown wrote in the title of the book is play. And he wrote about this in his book. So I really, he was a researcher and I love all that. And that would be exactly how I, you know, what's true for me. And you, you had a great word that you used, which is being serious and, and how I like to think about Uh, how I approach my work is I do approach my work from a great place of sincerity. I have a lot of reverence for the work that I do and, and, and standing on the shoulders of giants all the time. Right. That being said, I don't take it seriously. (laughs) 
<laughs> so it's, you know, seriousness has a, has a constriction around it. It has this pointedness to it. It has this immovability to it. And that, that to me is not the experience of my life. You know, um, there's an openness to it. There's a, that's the sincerity part to it. There's that, that level of curiosity, that level of, I don't know in life, which really brings through this more of this, this experience of play. And when you watch children play, you know, if we use them as an example, there's really not a lot of attachment, you know, they build the sandcastles and they act like it's a big deal and then they knock them over, you know? <laughs> so, um, yeah, I really, sounds like I, my website. Yeah. <laughs> sounds like my website one day when I woke up and it was did not working well. Um, you know, so we've all been there. So yeah, I absolutely think there's value to that and how we show up to that. And anytime I start to feel like things are getting serious, I know I am on the path to getting stuck in my thinking. That's just true for me. Yeah. Yeah. Very similar, Jeff. Yeah, we're like kindred spirits. Very much so. I, I absolutely agree <laughs> with you. So there you go. So the um, final part, we're coming to the end, uh, is an opportunity for you to share with the listeners, how they can find out more about you um, or anything you would like to share with them. Um, the floor is yours. Yeah, thanks. Well, I, what I, first of all, I want to really appreciate you for having me on the show. And I really love what you're up to in, in your show. And, you know, we don't, we don't do these interviews lightly, obviously, um, very specific. But if people want to find out more about me, they can go to daphne-scott.com forward slash success IQ. And they can find out more about me, more about me right there. I have a feedback toolkit. Um, that they can get access to and uh, that's there, there's more information they can find there so fantastic well thank you very much for that and we will put that on the show notes and make sure that everyone knows about that it just leaves me to wish you the great success thank you so much for joining me i've really enjoyed this conversation um yeah, was super fun yeah speaking of play okay, yeah, indeed yeah. indeed yeah. um <laughs> but if but i just want to take this opportunity to wish you the greatest success thank you jeff i really appreciate that appreciate that and same to you as well so firstly, just let me say a massive thank you to all of you who've taken the time to listen to the show. And for those of you who are sending me emails to give me feedback about the show, what you like, what you'd like to see, I am extremely grateful to you all. I would be really grateful as well if you have time and the inclination to jump over to iTunes and leave a rating and review for the show as it really does help me stay on my mission, which is to help people create and live an exceptional life. Finally, you can get hold of these podcast show on many different platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spotify, all of those ones that you probably listen to regularly. Um, all you need to do is hit subscribe and get them straight to your phone, which makes life so much easier. So just finally wishing you an amazing week. Take care. And don't forget to keep pursuing the exceptional. <laughs>